Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad you're back with us today. Today, we have Max Singles. B-Sides. Remixes. On some unreleased stuff. All from the gold experience. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. Just... Uh, it's a smorgasbord of stuff Christy loves. Yes, if you did not catch the previous episode, The Gold Experience is by far Christy's favorite mm-hmm. Prince album. Mm-hmm. However, the whole purpose of this podcast is maybe showing her some other music <laughs> that she might not have heard or given proper attention to. So that could be, you know, king of the hill for now. Well, we'll see. Now you won't change your mind. No, I don't think I'm going to change my mind. But I've found lots of other stuff that I may not have given much of a chance to that I've really enjoyed. Yeah. And no, I've, I totally agree. Yeah. It's so been it's, good. It has been good. Hopefully It's been really good. Uh, right been... now is very self-indulgent for me is how it oh, feels. Yeah. Even though you do all the picking, I know that you knew that I really liked this era. And... Yeah, but I figured we've gone through more than a year of doing this podcast, which was your <laughs> idea. Uh, so probably time after 52 weeks to maybe reward you with something that you know and love already. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So we started off, we're doing a whole 94 and 95 series and we started off talking about come and then it's yeah maxi singles and ancillary materials. And then we had a unique opportunity to talk to Tom Moon, which is our last episode, which you just mentioned. Yes. And then we did the gold experience. And now we're doing the ancillary stuff. Yep. Well, some of it. Yeah. So if you missed the last it. few episodes, go back and catch up uh, because we stuff. are merging all of Prince's material from 1994 to 1995 into a multi-episode. Not even sure how long it's going to take yet. I know uh, it'll take a little while longer. I'd say we might not even be halfway through yet. I don't think that we are, but that's fine well, by I'd me. Right. So if you don't like this time period, I'm really sorry, but we'll try and make it as entertaining as possible for you. Whether you whether you love this music or you don't like this music or whatever, we'll, you we'll, know you love it. Yeah. Just go listen to it. <laughs> so we have the most beautiful girl in the world single, right? Which at the time was not connected to the Gold Experience in any way, shape, or form. It was an independent single from. The artist formerly known as Prince, outside of Warner Brothers. And then we had an extended remix. Prince wasn't allowed to release other music, so he remixed the heck out of The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, and we got The Beautiful Experience. Right. Then we have the I Hate You Maxi single. Right. And then we have the Gold single, which really was just... Basically, the album version of yes. Gold yep. and Rock and Roll is Alive. So we're going to talk about yeah. Rock the B side to Gold was yeah. Rock and Roll is Alive, and it lives in Minneapolis. Yes. We'll be talking we'll, about that, and then we also have a few remixes of P Control that we're going to talk mm, about as yeah. well. Yeah, that's P period Control. Yeah, it's not a Kegel exercise. <laughs> it's, it's not a, a medication that you should. Talk to your doctor about according to the advertisements? No, no. You don't need to talk to your doctor about this kind of pee control. No. All right. So we have the most beautiful girl in the world single. Right. So this came out in February of 1994. Yeah. Uh, The single uh, version of the song, which is four minutes and seven seconds, and then a B-side called Beautiful, which is a remix of the track. That was actually an edit of what we later got later on. It was three minutes and 57 seconds. Had the cover that features 
photographs that Prince uh, solicited from women all over the world to submit their pictures and possibly be considered by his judging panel of one as the most beautiful <laughs> girl in the world. So I can remember going and buying the single thinking, oh, cool, new music. And then two months later, three months later, uh, in May of 1994, we got the Beautiful Experience EP and me thinking, I'm going to go buy this again. College student had no uh-huh. money. I was spending money on these things, like the same song across two different CDs (laughs) Uh and 40 minutes of music. So our focus is going to be on the Beautiful Experience EP, the maxi single, because it contains the full version of the single and then also the longer version of the remix, Beautiful. Yeah. Um, So it was released on May 17th, 1994. And if, um, if you liked The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, this was a good way to get 34 minutes of... Um, remixes and reinterpretations and exploration of the song yeah. by Prince. Yeah. Pretty cool. It yeah. was independently distributed by Bellmark Records, mm-hmm. an independent U.S. label right. from the West Coast. It was released by NPG Records and Eldel Music, which is a German independent record label. Oh, overseas. Yes. It peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100, certified on gold May 26, 1994. It was Prince's first and only number one UK hit, though... Prince of All was my only source for this. They okay. were typically very reliable, but I couldn't find anything else that would corroborate this. There were rumors that Prince's organization bought many, many copies themselves. Oh, to push it to gold status. Yes, to make sure that it was successful. Well, I don't know how true that is. I don't have anything to say it's untrue, but I couldn't find any corroborating uh, sources for that. I would compare that to a big trend today in economics of companies buying back their own stock. Yes, I, it's fine. I don't have a yep. problem with it. I just, it was interesting to note. And yeah. one of the few times that there's been something on Prince Vault that I wasn't able to oh. find additional information on. Right. I didn't realize that the song Beautiful, first of all, all these remixes are not labeled as the most beautiful girl in the world, parenthesis, blank mix. Right. They were given their own names. Yes. For whatever that's worth. And that the song New World was supposed to be the B-side to the most beautiful girl in the world. Warner Brothers blocked it because Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. had told him, you get to release one song independently, not this song. Right. And so he took the basic tracks from the song New World that ended up on Emancipation a couple years later and turned it into one of the remixes for Beautiful and then just did his thing and had, you know, five other mixes of the song and because it was a remix of the same song Yeah, they couldn't say boo. In Prince classic fashion finding a way around (laughs) a rule of some kind Uh got this released. Yep. All right, let's talk about the packaging. Yep, for so, the beautiful experience. Well, even the original, the, original the original, you know, like you mentioned, it was all the pictures of the yes. women. It's got the little print symbol next to a pair of lips. Yes. And a speech bubble. Yes. And then inside, at the top, it says beauty inside backwards. Yep. Which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then so, when you open it, there's a picture of Prince's butt. Uh-huh. It's a red clad yes. booty mm-hmm. with some flowers. Yeah. And the lyrics to the song. And, and actually the flower behind the lyrics is in the shape of his symbol. His symbol. Yes. Oh, that's cool. I hadn't noticed that. Yep. That's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Very nice. And it's pretty bare bones. It's, well, I mean, it again, it's a single. So we right. have the single CD that's got two tracks and it's in a proper jewel case and yeah. all that jazz. Then we have the beautiful experience, mm-hmm. which the packaging on this is, I mean, it's dated, but it's really nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot of computer very, art. I it's guess. very it's totally what you can call purple. It. it looks like motherboards mm-hmm. or circuit boards. There's this really, you have this, I guess this isn't super common to have this cool like cover that's die cut. Yeah. It's like a butterfly die mm-hmm. cut. That's Maite, right? Uh, it's a lovely woman who could, I don't think so. who could be, who is we don't know a lovely know. woman with her arms Tweet out. Tweet at her and ask it if it's ask her if it's uh-huh. her. Oh. I don't think so. Okay, well, it's a, a lovely woman, mm-hmm. very scantily clothed, who's actually you know a butterfly, and butterflies don't wear a lot of clothes, no, so they don't. it's okay. Naked butterflies, and yeah. don't forget the dictionary. De- it's like Prince is writing a research paper and starting it off in the most boring elementary way possible by providing you with Webster's Dictionary. Defines, defines beautiful, beautiful as, as. Having qualities of beauty are exciting aesthetic pleasure. Yeah, so there's this single die-cut kind of art piece, and then there's mm-hmm. a booklet with it yeah. also um, that is not all that dissimilar from the booklet for Emancipation, which one day we'll get to. Um, but it's a bunch of computer-generated art. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that. Uh, the interactive, the, the CD. interactive CD. Yeah, it's a I'm lot sure of that kind it's of stuff. A, they're sort of contemporary. So yeah, yeah. with uh, lyrics from the song and then photos of all the band members on like a seamless backdrop with Maite and Mr. Hayes and Tommy Barbarella. A picture of uh, the artist formerly known as Prince as the center spread with his gold cymbal guitar. Mm-hmm, and My, a little stretched out. A little stretched out, yes, uh-huh. I missed that too. He wanted to look taller. I guess <laughs> to look taller in the nine-inch CD booklet. <laughs> Michael Bland and Sonny T, who interestingly enough has in his photograph a bass guitar that has the lyrics to the song Gold printed on it. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. Oh, that's so, cool. As, as and it's floating above him. He's magical. Sunny yes. P, you're magical. He's like a Zen master here. Yep. And then a picture of the same butterfly woman creature mm-hmm. and the 1-800 new funk phone numbers. And then the full band together with Prince pictured in a cool hat and mm-hmm. his cane. And then uh, also lyrics from the alternate version of Come that we covered a couple of episodes ago. This uh-huh. is the dawning of a new spiritual revolution. Yep. And then also hints of the NPG album that was in the works on the back cover with lyrics that read, The Exodus Has Begun. Mm-hmm. And the CD itself is really cool. It's a picture disc, p- picture disc with the yellow symbol guitar mm-hmm. on it. It's very nice. Yes. So... Yeah, there was an investment in production. Yes. We can leave it at that, For sure. Yep. For sure. All right, so shall we talk about the music? I think we should. Okay. (laughs) I think we should. We definitely will. All right. So it starts off with the song Beautiful. Yes. So if you had purchased the single and then bought the beautiful experience you've heard the song before it's the b-side although mm-hmm. on the single it was three minutes and 57 seconds here on the beautiful experience we get five minutes and 55 seconds of beauty sure yep yep it kind of starts with a storm sound the most 
Yes, and, and his it. falsetto. Ooh, mm-hmm. I won't even attempt to yeah. try it out. <laughs> you mean any more? <laughs> any more than I already have. <laughs> it's got a really strong dance beat. I thought it was really interesting how it starts off with this consistently fast beat. Yes. And then it layers gradually more sounds over top of it. Yep. Which I thought was a really neat way to do it. Yeah, it kind of gives you a taste of the basic tracks. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like it's the same vocal track from the single version. Maybe just not sped up, but compressed a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's a little faster. But then there's a lot of background vocals added. And like you said, entirely new music behind the song, yes. which makes it, I mean, each of these is, there's basically, I would say, three different versions of the song here, but then different versions of each kind of yes. mixed in here. Yeah. So beautiful being version one, since it comes first, and we'll get uh-huh. to the others yep. later. It's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sounds. So we're used to, like, the dropping water sounds. Y- yes. Yes. Boop, boop. There's a yes. And there's also... Cowbell sounds. Mm -hmm. There's the whisper of the word beautiful. Yes. A variety of different cool keyboard parts. It's a little record scratch. Yes. Yeah. Good catches all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Helps to have headphones in on this one as Mm -hmm. usual. Yes. Um, the, my favorite part of the song uh-huh. is starts around the three minute and 47 seconds part where we have a clavinet and a little guitar part that kind of repeats throughout the song towards the end where we kind of get this do, 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 yeah. do, 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 and then this kind of interpretation of it throughout the rest of the song that I think is just, it's bouncy and mm-hmm. super fun. And I will listen to this track just to get to that part and listen through the end. <laughs> oh, okay. Honestly. Mm, cool. Yep. There's uh, the background singers with their rising mm-hmm. beautiful the word beautiful in the background right. uh, such a nice addition i really like there's so much going on in the background that just makes it so interesting yes yeah, yeah. if you pay attention to what's going on you know deep in the mix i guess as the pros would say mm-hmm. there's a whole lot going on yeah Furthermore, on that little clavinet part, there's a guitar part that he does at the end that I almost feel like you can hear his voice with the guitar also. That kind of goes, na 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 And you can kind of hear him going, ooh, at the very beginning <laughs> of the guitar part if you listen really close. Oh, that's fun. Super cool. Just, you can tell the amount, uh, obviously he put a lot of his time and energy behind this track, being the first one under his new name, and he wanted it to be a success. So you look at this EP and you can just see him like toiling over the song um, and coming out with so many different versions yes. of it. Yes. Again, like the maxi single format is just made, I think, for Prince. <laughs> well, or Prince made it. Or Prince made it. Right. <laughs> yeah. He made first? it for himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. This was a fun opening track. I think yeah. it was interesting that they 
put, he decided to put the single version at the very, very end. So you kind of get through all the remixes first, and then you get what you probably bought this for, which is the single version. Yeah. At the very, very end. Yeah. It's cool. All right, then we have stacks of wax. Yes, which I is guess like a I guess like Prince made up term. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe I didn't look it up. I probably should have. Urban I Dictionary thought, often fails me. I thought it yeah. was like a vinyl. Yes, like he has like stacks of wax. Yes, like lots of music. Yeah, is what I saw. Yeah, is what I heard. This yeah. is sort of to me version number two of the song mm-hmm. on this uh, EP. Uh, where we get music from it used in later tracks, right? Um, but again, not not quite as fast of a version of the song as beautiful, but still a more up tempo version than the single version. Yes, agreed. Yep. Do you know who sings the beginning "Girl Oh Girl"? You're looking at Prince. Really? Yes. Go back and listen to it. The falsetto intros. Uh huh. All him. Really? I really yes. thought it sounded. A little different. No, you should okay. uh, drop a little sample in here. Girl, oh girl, girl, oh girl. Okay. And we'll hear it, but I would bet a ton of money. Oh, okay. And would probably be much richer. Oh, If okay. I could. That all of the vocal stuff that you hear at the beginning of this is him. Oh, well, that's cool. Because it's he's a chameleon. I love it. Yeah. All right. So we repeatedly hear... From the beginning all the way through, like he said, you're a sexy mother. Yes. Do you think that that was Carmen Electra, maybe? No, I think that no? was Maite. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I would bet lots of money on that, too. Uh, too? Okay. Can we set up some gambling? Because <laughs> I feel I like I could get ahead in life. I don't think Vegas has odds on this stuff. Well, they since... don't have odds on music recorded a quarter century ago? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yes, I believe it's my take. Okay. saying, like he said, you're a sexy mother. Mm-hmm. Again, it's With... like she's talking about her love interest, of course, at the time. Right. Not wanting to refer to him as Prince because he wasn't going by that right. at the time. There's also a little bit of shoop by yes. Salt and Pepper. Yes. No, how does it hang? Straight up, wait up, hold up, Mr. Lover. Like Prince said, you're a sexy mother. Well, I, I like them real wild, B-boy style. Which I noticed that. I was like, this sounds very familiar from something else. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly, beat me to it, dang it. I'm sorry. It wasn't <laughs> even in my notes, and I stole it from the bottom of your notes. Did you really? No, no, no. I mean, I, oh. I, I stole your thunder because you oh. got it further down in your notes. Yeah, I didn't I look it. at your notes oh. and then read them for you. Oh, I thought you were like peeking at my stuff. I no. need to get like a little something to cover up my put you up need a, a privacy little, screen I here. do. I need a little privacy screen. I'm going to make one out of the, the album. The beautiful <laughs> experience has now turned into a note privacy screen for the mountains and the sea. <laughs> So, yeah, so musically, yes. right, it borrows some from Salt and Pepper. Yes. It be, well, and they even have a line, like Prince said, you're yes. a sexy mother. Yes. Yeah, so which is a reference to Sexy MF. Yes. Yes. That came out roughly two years earlier. This is right. really, if you overlook some of the new tracks that were included in the hits and the b-sides what you have here is really the first new prince song in a lot in a while after the love symbol album which is right. where you found sexy mf right which is kind of why i thought that maybe carmen electra might have had something to do with that mixed with the fact that 
I Hate You is supposedly about Carmen Electra. Not supposedly. She's confirmed it. Well, of course, maybe she's trying to... I'm, yes. I mean, she's confirmed it. I mean, a lot of women say the most beautiful girl in the world is written about them. That's true. So there's at least five that yeah. we know of who claim that yeah. it was written for them. Well, I'd like to announce here exclusively that Purple Rain was about me. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, anyway. No reason to doubt. No, I don't, e- I don't either. But yes, I see what you said. There's really no way to confirm it outside of... He's not here for us to right. ask. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to this song, though, because <laughs> yes. I think this is a super cool remix. I'm totally on board. Mm-hmm. I love listening to it. Uh, like you said, the falsetto intro gets me right away. A lot of Prince's vocal work on that. I'm surprised that you don't you didn't recognize that it was him. It kind of sounded. It's an interesting mix of falsetto and like a darker or a deeper register of his voice that yep. gives it a unique sound that you don't always hear. But it is all him. Right. Cool. Yeah. So there's this little sound that kind of is under the line of. Like he said, you're a sexy mother. Okay. That yeah, it's kind of a starts, whistle. Like it kind of starts low mm-hmm. and goes high, has some reverb, and then falls back down yeah. again. Man, uh-huh, it That's really, kind of really sounded very, very 90s to me. Yeah. It was, this whole thing, he definitely is dipping into the sound effects bank on a lot of this for drips and clock noises <laughs> and uh, like um, record scratches and yeah. that kind of thing. So there's a lot of that going on here, too. Yeah. yeah. Somebody does... somebody rediscovered the uh, sound bank. <laughs> the library. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it does... It does date it, but it's a, it's endearing. I don't think it yes. sounds like agreed late '80s music with you know that typical kind of late '80s drums where you kind of roll your eyes and go, "Wow, everyone was doing this in the '80s." This I don't know. Maybe it just holds a special place in my heart from yeah. 1994, mm-hmm. but it doesn't date it in a bad way. No, no, it's endearing. No, no. Yes, I I agree, but it really sounds very early '90s. Yes. No, for me that's not a bad thing. Yeah, but. His background, again, so many background vocals throughout this song with oo-oo's. Kind of stuff going on all over the place that's really very well done. Yeah, very pretty. His vocals are a little bit muted in this mm-hmm. and lots of moans. Yep. Women moans. Yes, almost like... Prince's favorite kind. Yes, yes, he does like sampling women moaning. (laughs) Yes, and then there's these, like, uh, the dripping sounds, but with tears of joy. Tears of joy! Yes. Yeah, which I thought was kind of fun. I mentioned in our review of the Gold Experience that on the version of the song that's on the Gold Experience which is not the single version, it's re-recorded. Right. There are a lot of breaks in it, and I thought that the sound effects were a little overused, especially the TikTok of there was a break in it, and he did this live a lot where there might be a minute where all you heard in concert it would go dark and you'd hear this clock ticking oh. in the middle of the song. I thought that it was overused. And this version of the song, the sound effects work to me. They're fun. Oh. They're like in the mix, and it's not like... He stopped to feature the sample that he found that <laughs> seemed to work with his lyrics. Okay, that's my cool. opinion. Yeah, and we get some shooting star sounds. Yes. 
and he repeats the stars fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mars is not too far behind, but he sings it this time in a really high fall yeah. falsetto. Yeah, towards the which end of the song. Instead of it being yeah. real chanty, it's uh-huh. it's a sung. It's yeah. pretty. I, I enjoyed it. I'm a Stacks of Wax fan. You're a Stacks of Wax fan? Yeah. How about a Mustang Mix fan? Um, Mustang this Mix is fan? version three of the song yes. that we're talking about. So we had the be- beautiful, which is sort of like the house mix, I guess you could okay. say. Yeah. Uh, Stacks of Wax is like the second version, Mustang Mix being the third version of the song on this um, EP. Mm-hmm. I do like it. Uh-huh. I think that um, it's nice that you get. I love it on Prince singles or Maxi singles when he resings the song completely differently. Yes, that always interests me to hear him go back into the studio and re-record it and to have a whole different take on it. And here you have him resinging the song that's so well known for his falsetto, and he abandons it and sings it in a deeper voice. Yeah, and to me that makes um, this song worth the you know, six minutes and 20 seconds that it takes up on the maxi single. So I do like it, even if it was only for uh, the re-recording of the vocals. Yeah. What about you? I, I liked it. It's a, it's more of a smooth groove. For sure. And it was, I made notes that it was obvious, a re-record, not a yeah. manipulation. Right. Completely new. It, I thought it was. I had a lot of emotion in it. Uh-huh. He sings at the minute and twenty mark. Could you be? And it's all drawn out and full of emotion. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really. I know exactly the part you're talking about. I yep. can hear him singing it in my head yeah. right now. Oh. And I know you're going to drop a sample in here. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, my take on this was the same. That it's it's a slower. It's the first slower mix of the song Mm -hmm. very urban sounding and it reminded me a little bit of the cavi street mixes of let it go with that synth sound that's kind of throughout the whole thing and especially at the very end where we get him speaking over the song and closing it with i got a break for now but you be good and keep it warm for me i got a break for now but I'll be back so you be good and keep it warm for me. <laughs> I thought it was very typical of 90s R&B. That's where we first kind of got this, hey, baby, I'm going to break for now and you do your thing and I'll be back <laughs> in a little while after I do my shopping. <laughs> shopping, <laughs> I thought that's what he's doing? Oh, whatever. <laughs> I was wondering, well, what does he think he's going to go and do? You know, I know that artists spoke over their songs before, but it seemed to become very, very prevalent in R&B slow jams in the 90s of, yeah. you know, speak singing over tracks, and this was Prince's version of that. Yes. Uh, we hear the girl oh girl again that we heard in the Stacks of Wax. Yes. It gets, I guess, sampled. You think you're getting the stars and Mars bit, mm-hmm. but there's some some different lyrics here. Yes, let's hear stars them. can fall one by mm-hmm. one from the sky. Stars can fall one by one from the sky. 
baby, all I know about is you and I all wrapped up in each other's thighs. Baby, let me feel the beauty inside. Which is both mm. explicit and it's uh, more metaphorical. Yep. Yeah, I liked it. There's the little hand clapping sounds, which I find really uh-huh. charming in this one. then we get a season reference as well. Mm -hmm. We were the only one that moves me through summer rain or winter snow. Yes. Always like a seasonal reference from Prince because they so, they care a lot about the weather up north. They do. You're the only one that moves me through summer rain or winter snow. He also sings in the song that all he wants to do is make money so he can give it all to her. And uh, he's thinking about buying a boat so you and me can be swept away on a deep blue sea in August. Thinking about buying a boat so you and me can be swept away. Yeah, seasons and months. Yeah. Make an appearance here. Yeah, sure. well, people in the north, they uh, well, they they have to deal with the snow. Oh, yes. I mean, we care about summer and if it's hot, but it's hot. You just like it's a degree of hotness. And up there, they actually have to worry about, like, what the weather is going to do. True. He also has to worry about finding his way to a deep blue sea in August because he's kind of landlocked. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the land of a thousand lakes. Yeah. But it's not a land of the deep blue sea. He can take his boat. Well, that's true. (laughs) It is not. (laughs) He had to find his way to Lake Michigan and then... Uh, Out. The Mississippi River and yeah. the Gulf of Mexico and around yeah. Florida before he finds the deep blue sea. So, yeah, there we go. I know my geography. You sure do. <laughs> then we have the flute instrumental. Can I just say also oh. about the Mustang mix that I'm not sure why it's called the Mustang mix? There was no. Oh. Was he driving around in a Mustang listening to this or were there he's horses thinking, involved yeah, somewhere? He's thinking about horses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would just I thought it was interesting. It makes sense to me, but I've also listened to it for I didn't even 25 years. It. I'm like, well, yeah, it was like something I just accepted and never questioned. Well, why did they call it the Mustang mix? I don't know. There's nothing in the song that refers to yeah, that. Yeah, there's not all. like a horse sound. You think that we'd at least get like a neigh here and there. That's right. From all the sampling. Yeah, it could be in it. And same for stacks of wax. There's no mention of wax or stacks. That one makes more sense to me because it's more, it seems close to a musical reference. Yeah, okay. I'll buy Mustang that. doesn't mean much to me. However, flute instrumental. Yes, means. Uh, right, there's, it's an instrumental is, with some flute. This is a descriptive title. It is, it's very descriptive. Yeah. It's not the first time the prince used the word flute instrumental for a remix No, he used it on Get Off, right? Very good, yes. On the maxi single for Get Off, there was a remix called Get Off Flute Instrumental. Um, So here we go back to version two of the song, Mm -hmm. Stacks of Wax, um, but it's a shorter version. What is it? Three minutes and 36 seconds, and it actually truly is instrumental. Uh, Yes, there's some borrowed lyrics Mm-hmm. Like he said, you're a sexy mother. Yes. And oh, baby, baby. Yeah. Yeah. In the background mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. 
but no like lyrics, lyrics. Nothing new. Nothing new. It's more like mixed in and part of the overall experience rather than lyrics to sing along to. Right. So I lots of moans and groans. Where did I find this? Wikipedia. I wanted to say that okay. um, Eric Leeds is the one actually playing flute. Okay. On this. Okay. Um, that it wasn't a keyboard or synthesizer. Okay. That it truly was a flute used in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my takeaway was basically take stacks of wax, take the lyrics out, leave some of the background vocals, and play a flute over it, and you have flute instrumental. Uh, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Have I summed it up? Yep. So let's move on to... We said everything we had to say about (laughs) flute instrumental? I think so. Then the next track, Sexy Staxophone and Guitar, Uh to me, is almost part two of flute instrumental. I almost look at these two as a suite. Flute instrumental and Sexy Staxophone and Guitar. Um, Again, all based on the Staxawax remix, um, but with... Sexy saxophone and guitar, you get a continuation of flute instrumental, but with more. I put sax in quotes because it feels to me like it's more like a keyboard, yes, synthesized yes. saxophone. And I think that's why it's a saxophone and not a saxophone okay. because whereas in the flute instrumental, they felt like live flute mm-hmm. to me, these really sound like synth. Yes, it sounds like Prince is in the studio having fun playing over this track. Yeah, agreed. The the one note I made on this, which is the only part that I wanted to mention, is in the middle of the song, you get a very rare, undistorted electric guitar solo by Prince that is really in the forefront of the mix, like in your ears as you're listening to it, and you can hear every string he's plucking. Yep. In an undistorted guitar solo is very rare in mm. Prince music. Very cool. And I really like this track yeah, because I, I of like, that guitar yeah. part. Me too. I was like, it took a long time for guitar in yeah. the title of the song right. to actually make an appearance. And when it does, it is very worthwhile, worth waiting for. For sure. Super cool. All right, then we have Mustang Instrumental. We're going back to version three of the mm-hmm. song now. This is, again, I think of it like as a suite of songs that keep going back and forth between different remixes. Right. Mustang Instrumental. Just, JK. Yeah, because it says instrumental in the title. It does. And then we have lyrics. Baby, could you be the most beautiful girl in the world? It starts with that and throughout. Again, Prince's voice. Mm-hmm. And then we have murmuring kinds of sounds. Then we have a girl getting ready for a date. Right. Nona a gr- Gay. Girl being Nona Gay, Marvin Gay's daughter. Uh-huh. And she's uh, talking about talking to herself. Oh, this I is so like relate the, to this. The inner monologue of girl in her closet. Oh, that's not an inner monologue. Girls talk out loud when they're talking about their clothes before okay. they go on a date. There's okay. no inner about it. <laughs> monologue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's it's too maybe I should wear black. This is too sexy. This is too serious. Too pure, too virgin. Too fiery. Yeah, maybe he'll just have to see me like I am with the holes in my jeans. All right, right? so that's where I was going to like make a comment where this kind of seemed to fit in the whole most beautiful 
arena. Okay. Because my understanding of the most beautiful girl in the world is that it was never really about the who is the most beautiful girl. It's about beauty on the inside. Yeah. More so than the beauty on the outside. Yes. So, damn, maybe he's just going to have to see me the way, and maybe I'll just wear jeans with holes. Hopefully, he'll like me. I don't know. I hope he can accept me the way I am because I'm crazy about him. I hope he can accept me the way I am because I'm crazy about him. Crazy about him. Crazy. And I thought that that's really what the message that he wanted us to take away from that, that he loves that she wants to look nice for him, but he loves her as she is torn jeans, all that just Uh she's super into him. And that's what makes her beautiful. I think you're exactly right. I have no argument or anything to add other than that. You are right. Okay. And then we have the radio version of The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. Right. This version is 4 minutes and 42 seconds long. If you look at the single version that preceded it by a few months, it's a little shorter, 4 minutes and 7 seconds. And what you get on this version is a fade-out that's a little further along. Okay. Uh, There's a little bit more vocal noodling and refrain at the end of the song as opposed to the radio version. And then the album version, the re-recording of it, which is four minutes and 25 seconds long. So if you're looking for the definitive single version of the song, in my mind, it's this one. I agree. From here. I agree. Uh, But it has, by the time you get here, uh, you have heard this song, you have heard this song, and then you've heard it some more. Yep. I've heard enough. <laughs> Have you heard enough? I've heard enough. I like the song. It's fine. Yes, me too. It was. It's not my favorite song from the Gold Experience, but I like it. Yeah. But after that, uh-huh. versions of it. Actually, I'm, I'm I would say I prefer some of the remixes to the single version. Agreed. Um, there. I also. I mean, do. when you first heard, I think the problem with this song is, despite the fact that you don't hear it a lot now, it, it was. Played, played back then. Yeah. Um, And then played some more. And I think it um, had run its course. I don't think that it's one of like the timeless Prince classics. It was a spark and, of course, was a success for him. But if you ask me to list the top 40 Prince songs, even the top 40 singles, I don't know that I would put this in that category. That's fair to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we don't have to argue about okay. it. Okay. No. <laughs> I don't need to argue with you about it. Okay. All right. We have the I Hate You maxi single, The Hate Experience. Right. So we got the beautiful Ooh. experience and the hate experience. Mm-hmm. It was the first single released from the Gold Experience, September 19th of 1995. The Japanese single also included Endorphin Machine. Right. It reached number 12 on the Billboard Pop Chart and number 3 on the R&B Chart. You are right. I'm glad you concur. So when this was released, it was known that it was a lead single from the Gold Experience, and it even says so on the back of the Massey single that it's from the Warner Brothers record album, The Gold Experience. Yep. Um, It's the packaging is, I mean, there's a prince with a puppet, of the title of the song. Yeah, drawn on his hands. Uh-huh. Right. And uh, he's got slave on his face. Uh-huh. And you see a lot of chest hair and some musical symbols on his white outfit in front of a white background and yep. his 
lots and lots of glitter in his hair. Yes. And it's the same picture on the back, just closer. Yeah. Yeah. And as you got on a lot of 1995 album art designs, a lot of computer art, so you have this three-dimensional love symbol symbol that's got some of the gold glitter from the gold gold single. Right. In the three-dimensional love symbol with a cool drop shadow on Uh it. Uh, but you do have a custom printed CD, which mm-hmm. was not all that common, with a big I on it and the custom letter forms for mm-hmm. IHU on it. It wasn't your typical Warner Brothers single CD yeah, design. Bullseye kind of. Yep. 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 And the hate experience. And experience is written backwards. Right. There was a lot of back mirror messages on this that I don't know. They are not particularly difficult to find or read. So you had Beauty Inside on the Most Beautiful Girl in the World single on the back of it. On the back of the Beautiful Experience CD, there is type that reads, Welcome to the Dawn. Mm-hmm. And tiny all caps type along the very back of the CD. It's weird. Uh, so the mirror messaging thing was making an appearance here. I don't know why. I don't know what the... Uh, oh, they were trying something. They were trying something. They were trying something. Yeah. So there's not really that much to talk about. Though it is the single with the cardboard sleeve and the little plastic... Yeah, uh, locking mechanism locking on it. Locking mechanism. So it's a little more eco-friendly. Yeah, than but a, it's so it's, cool. I wish they still I love that. these formats of yeah. the um, space maxi single was the same yeah. and let it go was the same. Yeah, I thought that this was very good packaging. Yes. So, All right, so let's talk about the 7-inch edit. All right. I actually, having gone back and listened to this, there was a time when I would, back when disk space was, you know, precious. Uh-huh. And I was importing music. I had a mindset of, well, I don't need the edit of songs. If I have the album version, why do I need the <laughs> four minute and 27 second edit of it? Mm-hmm. Um, but for this podcast, I went back and re-imported everything from mm. the CD. Okay. And I have to say, the seven inch edit of this song is superior than the six minute and some odd second album version in my mind could not far well because it let me tell you it leaves out the beginning of the courtroom bit yep which i'm like the whole courtroom bit's kind of it's again dated and okay you know she went out with somebody else and now you're taking her to court yeah yeah and it leaves out the tie her up and show her how good it was bit right which were parts that i did not like you found it What's your word? Squeak, squeaky? Yes, yeah, so squeaky. The guy from Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> okay. Um, but it also preserves the awesome guitar solo at yes. the end. Which is by far, to me, the best part of the song. Yes. So, to me, I'm a huge fan, and not just because it's a shorter version of a song that I'm not crazy about from the Gold Experience. I actually like the 7-inch edit. It could have been four minutes and 27 seconds on the Gold Experience, and I would. And yeah. it could have included the album version with the courtroom thing yeah, on here. a maxi single. Yes, here. I agree. If they'd been swapped, it would have been better. Yep. All well, right. I'm glad you... I didn't think you would disagree with me on that one, but yeah, like I'll actually put... I might even make myself a Gold Experience album of my own with the 7-inch edit of I Hate oh. You in place. There you go. And I might share it with you if you're nice. Oh, if I'm nice. <laughs> I try to be nice. Yeah. All right. Then we have the extended remix. Yeah. Um, there's some, like, rift vocals at the top of this, which mm-hmm. are kind of nice. 
and some cool finger snaps that nice. I liked, but they're a little loud. Okay, a little too snappy in your yeah, hand? Yeah, just a little, just a how little about, too prominent. How about the little shaker that's in there? Did you pick up on that? There's a little shaker, oh. like the little egg that you oh. would hold and uh-huh. shake, and it's throughout this entire song, oh. too, and I had not noticed it until... Again, listening in headphones on walks with our dog. Well, and I hadn't noticed the door creaking and closing sound before. I'm sure it was there, and I just didn't notice it. Yeah, so it's opening and closing when he talks about leaving. Yeah, which I'm like, so on the nose, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's a little like we talked about many episodes ago about... uh, raspberry beret and you have a girl and an actual raspberry beret why do we need we don't need the literal interpretation of it there's some (laughs) part of the poetry of music is picturing some of this on your own well and and having it be alluded to not i don't need it spelled out for me with a sound effect of a door opening and closing Yeah, so I'm not wild about that. I mean, it's nice that it's a re-recording of the song. You get the original lyrics, and then there are additional lyrics that I'm sure we're going to hear some opinions on. All right, so let's talk about some of those additional lyrics. A movie about the way I feel about you? Oh, no. X-rated and over in 10 minutes. Rated X. Oh, I'm sorry. in 10 minutes. Said it wrong, but yes. (laughs) Prince will say it right in our little clip. Great. <laughs> I'm only about the way I feel about you. Oh, no. Rated X and over in 10 minutes. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's ouch. Okay. Again, if you're not a fan of quote unquote, I'm a victim Prince music. Then oh, this edit's this song not for you. Not for you. The song, this edit isn't for you, but... If you are of, oh, Princey is so cute and he's been hurt and I'm always on his side, then this is your jam. Yeah. I think you either fall on one side of that or the other. Yeah. Uh, Brings new meaning to uh, slam poetry. (laughs) Or closing the door (laughs) with a sound effect poetry. I'd pay somebody to knock you off, but you ain't worth the wealth. Mm -hmm. I'd pay somebody to knock you off, but you ain't worth the wealth. Speaking of which, uh, you owe me, you owe me about a million eight or more. Speaking of which, you owe me, you owe me about a million eight or more. Yeah, like I so wonder... much scorekeeping. I'm sure there yes. must have been something to do because I bet you, Carmen Electra, yes. that's how much yes. her album and the videos cost. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yes. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. So somewhere. There's an accountant. A prince had to go and be like, hey, man, could you total this up for me and pass it to me in Studio A? Uh, you gave a dog a place to bone. Oh, oh. Did you get the sound effects there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and now your ass is all alone. You gave a dog a place to bone, and now your ass is all alone. I thought that was of the word, yeah. the lyrics that he added. It was the cleverest <laughs> you are and right. most funny. There and then there was the Forrest Gump reference. I kind of found that also I, at least entertaining because you're like, okay, Prince. Uh, we know that he liked movies. Yes, this was a movie that came out around the time of this album, so yes. it was a pop culture reference, very timely with him yep. saying it's like that feather in Forrest Gump uh-huh. floating through the air. Until the bus comes, can I get a transfer? Uh-huh. 
It's so little, it's like that feather in Forrest Gump. Floating through the air, floating through the air. Until the bus comes, I hate you. Can I get a transfer? At least I think he's having, I can see a little bit of playfulness and fun and not yes. the woe is me, aren't right. I cute and I'm, you know, faultless and uh-huh. all of the relationships I'm, I'm I've perfect. ever had that yeah. have failed. Yeah. So I put this in the same category as the dog and bone <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes. This entertains Which, me a little bit. Yes. I. It was funny, but right before that, he says how much he doesn't care. And I'm like, you cared enough to write a song about it yeah. and then to make a maxi single of it. Yep. Yeah. You cared enough. Yes, but I, th- I don't think he's really trying to hide the fact that he does care. He even ends this song with a little whisper, because I love you. Uh-huh, yeah. So I think he's playing up the duality of the song, I yeah. hate you, but uh, the yeah. only reason I hate you is because I loved you so much. Right. kind of still do, and would you come back because you're pretty? Right. Then he makes this kind of cryptic comment... Yes. About making love to Mahler. Yeah, and I'm like, who's Mahler? I, I do. I looked it up. Do you? Yeah. And if he did, it wasn't like the time we did it to Mahler. All right, so he was an Austro-Bohemian late romantic composer, Gustav Mahler. Oh, well, that's mentioned in an earlier Prince song, by the way. The song uh, Good Love, which oh. was in uh, Bright Lights Big City soundtrack. He mentions oh. Gustav Mahler jamming on the Bach. Oh, okay. I didn't make the connection to this until just now. until now. But go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you, yeah. but I kind of had to. It was. I thought it was. It's fine music. I thought it was a weird reference. I guess he, there was some classical music that he liked. If you're a fan of the cinema, Gustav Mahler is mentioned in the 2010 Leonardo DiCaprio movie Shutter Island, where they specifically talk about that. They're playing oh. it. And, cool. Nice music. Who is that, Brahms? No. It's Mahler. Obviously, that's much, much after the song. Right. Um, So, I guess as far as the extended remix goes, yes, it's a (laughs) reboot. I guess it's a it's to be considered a remix. Okay, I was going to just lay out the pros and cons if we have a list like Ross made about Rachel Mm. before she found it and got all angry. Uh On the pro side, it's on a maxi single first of all. So I mean, of course, you're going to get other versions of the song on the maxi single. You get a re-recording, new lyrics, new music. All things I say are positive, but on the negative side, you get more of the bemoaning. uh, I'm a victim kind of thing and I've almost heard enough. I mean, if I was Prince's friend at this point, I'd be like, dude, you need to move on. You've you've done this, you've done a maxi single about it. I'm done listening to you. <laughs> yeah. Done. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. The next track is Quiet Night Mix by Eric Leeds. So Eric Leeds is a longtime uh, contributor to Prince's music, going back to the mid 80s joined the revolution in like late 85 and was part of the his touring band and this is the only song that he has co-writing credit with mm-hmm. with Prince okay which i thought was cool yeah he played with Prince on the one night alone tour um, and has some solo albums on Paisley Park Records and also as was a big part of Madhouse in the 80s and 90s mhm 
Yep. Um, so I think how I'll sum up I'll sum up this song is a shorter version of the extended remix with a flute and saxophone singing for you. Yes. And the only there was a little bit of lyrics in the background. So yeah. sad that I hate you. Yes. I could have had straight instrumental. Oh, without the background vocals? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I didn't mind because the, the words, I hate you like a day without sunshine, like the chorus of the song, I'm okay with. It's the verses that get me into a, come on, man, you're putting all the blame on, on one person and I don't. On think a 19-year-old. Come on, man. Yeah. 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 I'm okay with the background vocals, but that's because they're part of the vocal parts of the song that, I mean, of course his singing is great. It's what he's singing that it doesn't, I won't say it bothers me, but I'm, I've got plenty of other Prince music I can listen to instead, mm-hmm. I guess is my point. Yes. And then we have the album version, which yeah, so I don't want to talk about again. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it. I'll just say it's, it is nice to have a version of it that's not mixed in with the NPG operator. Do you wish to change your entry? Very well. Please enjoy your experience. If you want to like make a playlist that includes I Hate You and doesn't include the segue before and right. then how the song segues into gold at the end of the gold experience, this is it's a ni- it's a nice to have for that reason because it's got a distinctive beginning and end. Right. It doesn't sound like it's chopped out of an album. So Okay. Fair. I'm trying to say something positive about each of these songs, but give me the seven inch edit all day long. Yeah. If I'm going to listen to it, that's the one I want to listen to. Yep. Then we have the second single from the album, which was Gold, but the single really is just the original version from the Gold Experience album. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about that because it's the same. If you want to hear our thoughts on it, you can listen to the last episode. Yeah, as far as the song Gold goes. Uh Uh-huh. And then it's got this little... (laughs) Little B slash W yeah, backed back with. with. Yeah, nice. but I normally see it that way oh, on that the front of a... that was very, very common when LPs were around. Really? All, oh. all the singles that were released that came out on like 7-inch records would be backed with. And oh. BW is super common. Oh, I, I guess I never noticed so it. So it's almost old language that you had just not seen before. It's not common on a CD because you don't flip it over. <laughs> yeah, right? If you flip it over, back. it's not going to play. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have one of those weird, there were a few CDs that did that. Really? Do you remember? Yeah, I mm. think I have some thing that were it was like a double disc, but it was both sides. You could flip it over. I don't remember that at Ooh, all. You I'll can have, show me those. I, I'll, I'll show you to. some records that have BW. Okay, and I'll show you some flippable CDs. Cool. This isn't one of them. No, it um, is not. But it's backed with Rock and Roll is Alive, parentheses, and it lives in Minneapolis. Right, which was just re-released and edited form by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Had a game night where they handed out to the first however many fans a uh, piece of vinyl that had an edit of this song on it. Yep. Which is cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, somehow we still have the CD single and it's still wrapped in plastic just with a slit in the top where I just got in to get the record out or the, the record, the <laughs> CD out, the unflippable CD uh-huh. backed with on the same side, rock and roll is alive, which we will talk about now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was written in response to Lenny Kravitz's hit rock and roll is dead. And I, and that's from his album Circus, which I had and had listened to and never connected the two until years later when it was 
made kind of clear that this was yeah. Prince's response. But that is a good record, by the way. Lenny Kravitz, uh-huh. Circus. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I didn't realize that the night before this was recorded, I guess there was a concert at Paisley Park where Prince performed it or an early version of it live, and the crowd was chanting, Rock and Roll's Alive, and it lives in Minneapolis, and that's the sample that you hear oh. in the song. It was done that quickly. One night concert, next day recorded it, and then he went and premiered it at somewhere. Oh, played it straight cool. from the CD like a day later. It was nice. a super fast response. That's cool. And he had something on it too that says, Call Me Lenny, or something like that, where oh. it was it was clear <laughs> that it was a response to and a, a fun, not uh-huh. an ugly response, because we know Prince and Lenny Kravitz were friends and actually um, recorded together for the Gold Experience, and Lenny appeared live with Prince later on in 1999 on the Rave Unto the Year 2000 concert. Mm -hmm. Yes. Lenny Kravitz said that he meant it sarcastically, but I guess that... Oh, that Lenny meant it sarcastically? Yeah, that Rock and Roll is Dead was meant sarcastically. Okay. If you listen to Circus, then I think that's a good interpretation Uh, of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, because it's rock. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I thought this is an awesome band track. So it uses the entire MPG from this era. um, And it sounds a lot like, um, well, I think it sounds a way because it is a live studio recording. Yes. Certainly in the studio, but recorded live. Like they all played together. Like this wasn't something that Prince went in and laid down drums and then bass and then built the song that he had his whole band and studio to record it. And then he sampled the crowd, which gave it a really fun kind of almost concert feel. Yeah. I almost feel like this could fit on the gold experience somewhere. It's a, first of all, I think it's a quality B side. Um, which Agreed. we hadn't had in a while right. from Prince singles. So it was a nice surprise to have a non-studio track. Uh, in fact, it's the only non-studio track that appears on any of the singles released from the album. Yes. And, and which is surprising because there was a lot of material that he could Yeah, there really was. The guitar was righteous oh. at the beginning. It's <laughs> yes. so good. Well, even like the end of the song where it goes into just a stream of solos from a drum solo. A guitar solo. A bass solo. Like Prince was throwing everything he had at this yeah. effort and getting uh, his band members to shine on the track also was pretty cool. Yeah. Agree. Very impressive, he says. And I agree. Very impressive. I wonder if, was that him? No, I don't think it was him. I don't it was, think it was him. Um, but it's in there. Do you know where that is from? Where I think it's from uh-huh. is a Star Wars reference where Darth Vader <gasps> is watching Luke and fighting with him. Very and impressive. Says, impressive. Very impressive. I think that's what that's a reference to. If you want to, you know, we have Prince calling himself the Purple Yoda later in his career. I think that he was a little bit of a fan of the Star Wars films and dropped a reference in here, and it is a little bit of a Darth Vader reference. In oh, I think line. you're totally right. Impressive. 
most impressive. Now, I don't think he sampled the exact line. No, from but that's Empire where, Strikes but Back that's where he was. was in Return of the Jedi. I don't remember one of the first three movies. Yeah. Um, but I think it was re-recorded and is a reference to that. Yep. Prince is rock and roll, I think. I think that when he says oh, rock and roll is alive and he lives in Minneapolis, lives in Minneapolis, yes. it's Prince. Well, he's without a name, so he yes. encompasses now a lot of things. Yeah, and yeah. One of them so he's rock, rock and roll. roll. Yes. Right. Everybody loves Prince, or the artist formerly known as Prince. Mm-hmm. Even the president flies in to watch this thing called fame. Yeah. And then we get a fun uh-huh. Minnesota Minneapolis reference. Yes. Rock and roll will never die like the mini haha flow sure as the land of a thousand lakes is sometimes made of snow. Yep. Yeah, that's good stuff. His follow-up lyric there, from what you just mentioned, sure as the land of a thousand lakes is sometimes made of snow, there'll always be another king to die, but naked on the floor. Is a Michael Jackson diss. Oh. In my mind. Oh. Okay. I think you're I think you're right. I hadn't made the connection, but I think you're correct. Yep. Okay. Anyway, a fun, it's a boastful song, but in the best kind of Prince boastfulness. It's crazy. We get these different like stages of emotion and deliverance from Prince with the I'm a victim and I'm a hurt, poor me kind of thing with I hate you. And then I'm the uh-huh. kind of song like rock and roll is alive and it lives in Minneapolis. I'd rather hear boastful Prince than woe is me Prince. Every day, all yeah. day long. Please. Because at least Boastful Prince is usually like got a really good danceable beat. Yeah. And Woe Is Me Not Prince good. just makes me want to strangle him a little. Yes. He's How, too slow and. I think it kind of devolved into that. If you think back <laughs> to like his early ballads, I think you could go back and listen to the beautiful ones from Purporian and say, well, isn't that Woe Is Me Prince? Do you want him? Do you want me? But it was so early in Prince Canon that he hadn't played that card so many times that, you know, after at this point, 10 years, you start looking at, you know, the one common element between all your relationships, man, is you're in them all. Um, So maybe you ought to write a song about that. Fair. But in the beautiful ones, he's kind of giving her a choice. And like, in I hate you. He's kind of telling her, he's showing her the door. Yeah. Rather than given her a chance to make it right. Fair enough. So, in defense of songs that I like for songs that I like <laughs> yeah, less. Okay. <laughs> All right, then we speaking have... Speaking about girls. Yeah, speaking about girls. We've got or some, cats. Or cats, that's right. Mm-hmm. Or little kittens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a number... Well, we're going to focus on three remixes of P-Control. Yes. There is a club mix of P-Control also that we're not going to cover in this episode because it actually appeared on... Crystal Ball in 1998, so we'll reserve that remix for yes. when we get to discussion of that album at some point in the future. Yes. Um, we're going to focus on three basically sort of unreleased mixes instead, with maybe one sort of exception. Yeah. All right. So the first one we're going to talk about is House Mix. 
It was on an MPG sampler EP. Yes. Supposedly That's somewhere. That's why I'm going to say it's like sort, sort of, of unreleased. Okay. It was handed out, and if you're lucky enough to get one, then you have one. But I would say, you know, there wasn't a P-Control single that had remixes of it. Although, according to Prince Vault, a lot of the P-Control remixes were at one point intended for the I Hate You Maxi single, that it was going oh, to be... The B-side? The B-side. Oh, or, that would have been awesome. That would have made me much happier. How about the, the Hate Experience BW P-Control remixes? Uh-huh. Now, your, awesome. now your ears are up. Yeah. You've got my attention. So the house mix is completely resung with new music underneath. Yes. I'm a fan already. Uh, me too. He's talking to a stadium. Yes. Yes, where, like, are you talking about the introduction yes. of the song, essentially, the with whole, reverb on his voice? Uh, I, the, I mean, I almost feel like he felt like he needed to make a statement that, you know, kind of confirming that this wasn't yeah, it what wasn't. it seems like on the surface, <laughs> that uh, where he says, this is a tale about control, feline that is. This is a tale, is about, a tale control. about control. Feline, feline. that is. That is. Uh-huh. And yeah. says, you know, uh, please don't be a victim of the 30-second bite. Listen to the lyrics carefully. Yeah. They're meant to uplift and enlight every... Yeah, don't just listen to the chorus of yes. Pussy Control. Yeah. Listen to the whole song, and yeah. it's not what you think it is. Right. Yeah. So, so the song is uh, empowering so that no woman becomes a slave. A slave. All the members of the female persuasion so that no woman ever... Becomes Which he knows a little bit about, having written it on his face. Um, it credits, Prince Vault credits the entire NPG on this also, which I found oh. interesting. It credits Michael B. on drums and Sonny T. on bass and Mr. Hayes and Tommy Bar- Barbarella on keyboards for a remix. It's almost like a re-recording, I right. guess you could say. He does your favorite part, the breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> More yes. times for good measure. That's what I noticed on this song. Listen to it. He did breakdown twice. Yeah, double I like it. double the measure. That was a little musical terminology joke there. Twice for good measure. Dad jokes in full effect. Thank you very much. Excellent. All right. Uh, It's the song for me is uh, re-recorded, re-sung, but somewhat true to the original until he gets to. I want to hip you all to the reason I'm known as a player's. Uh-huh. Oh, we're, we're known, known as, as the, the players, players of the, of the year, year because right. they're music players. Right. I want to hip you all to the reason we're known as the players of the year. And also maybe because this is a full band thing and not just Prince in the yeah. studio is what yeah. I thought. Uh, from there... The song takes a totally different direction and uses some of the song Mad, which is an unreleased oh, track. Okay. Right in that little area. Um, reuses some of that and then goes into a bit of Get Wild from Exodus. Yeah. Which on the Exodus track, Get Wild, it's not Prince singing, but Prince sings them all here. Um, with the Get Wild, like you know you need to, pick a funky outfit, short and see through. <laughs> get Wild! Like you know you need to. Yeah. With another Versace uh-huh. mention. Yes. Got it going on. In the gold mesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then he uh, has to mention his cologne. Yes, he does. Get does Wild's the, the only aroma my nose will see, uh-huh. which I thought was funny. His right. nose is going to see it. Yep. Well, because okay. it rhymes with, why don't you spray a little where you think I'm going to be? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yes, at the time yep. he had a cologne perfume called Get Wild. Yes. So I even wrote down the three parts of this track. It's almost like the P-Control suite with part one that goes through the two-minute and 42-second part where he gets to the playas of the year, and then the four or the two-minute and 43-second mark to the four-minute and ten part where he kind of does the get wild thing, and then part three, which is at the four-minute and 11-second part where he turns into a very house kind of rave uh, piece of music with the refrain of, I don't care what you've been told. Stuff going on in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you've been told. Pussy got you in control. So I almost thought of this as P-Control part one, two, and three across the entire um, whatever it is six minute track Agreed. i enjoyed it i i enjoyed it quite a lot too and there's some little harmonizing sounds well, i was walking the dog this morning mm-hmm. like the four and a half minute mark about oh he's making yeah it reminded me of violet the organ grinder oh okay that was the connection I made this morning. I That's was cool. like, ooh. And then it ha- had the um, alarm sound, which yes. is very club, 90s club. Yep. It, During a, the rave portion of the song. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Good effort. Cool remix. Yep. I thought it was great. It's too bad it's not more widely available. Yes, it is. Uh, I believe there will be a link to that on our social media. You, you believe it because you're going to put it there? I believe I found that I haven't looked at no, what gotcha. I had for uh, remixes as far as that. I'm pretty sure that's the one that I have a link to. And you can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. Or you can send me the email, podcast at gmail.com. That'll be up within the next couple of weeks. You'll have, there'll be a link to that remix. Cool. I mentioned that because we have another P-Control remix. Yes. Mix 9 full length is what it was called nine minutes and eight seconds this version is from blast from the past 3.0 which is we should say it's a bootleg release not something you can go to the store and buy no should you ever buy it no this one i couldn't find a link to the full length version but i will post uh where you can go and listen to a 30 second clip of it okay and we'll give you a few clips here, too. Yeah, exactly. This is one. I've had this for a while, ever since Blast from the Past 3.0 started circulating among fans. And I hadn't visited it in a long time. And I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, especially considering nine minutes in length. Um, there's got to be some goodness in here to keep my attention for that long. Yes. The first thing I'll mention is that the two minute and 42 second mark, there's a new... Almost acoustic sounding rhythm guitar that's not part of any other mix of the song that I've heard that mm-hmm. like made my ears perk up and I thought, ooh, here's something that is unique to this mix. And is awesome. It goes on for a while 
Yeah, it's kind of a vibrating keyboard with it, too. Yes, right, exactly. Which I thought was really cool. This song is long enough that once you get to, like, the 4 minute and 55 second mark, the song starts completely over, and he he starts over with, Our story begins in a schoolyard. (laughs) I thought our story already began, but um, he kind of retells the whole thing again. Mm -hmm. Which is fine. I thought this one, in this version of it, that the lyric where he says... He was talking more shick than a bick. Uh-huh. It was a more clear in oh. this version that it was shick than a bick. I need to go back and listen to that. That was something yeah. that you thought. Yes. The- I, yes, because he's, ta- he's saying and it's not more poop than a little. Mm-hmm. It's more shick, as in a razor, than a bick, as in a pen. Talking more shick than a bick. He's talking more cool than educated. Shick than a bick. You're so cool. I can never keep up. I think that the last like two and a half minutes of this song, it basically is like a bass guitar after he says breakdown. Yes. It's not the song, the album version with the fun keyboards and stuff. It's a bass solo that's almost an interpolation of the rhythm guitar part that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Goes that last throughout the rest of the song with the very end of the song has a breakdown uh, where you can hear it's kind of that isolated rhythm guitar part that ends the song. Yes, and he leaves out the whole verse about Prince being the Lothario who can tame our heroine. Uh-huh. That whole verse is left out entirely. It's just the first two verses twice, which I thought was kind of nice. It really like makes this all about the woman being in yes. charge. It's about you know her being master of her own destiny, and it leaves out the princes coming in and being the kind of band that she really needs. Right. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, I think... For a nine-minute remix, I was um, surprised. I had forgotten about this one until we started searching for material for this edition of the podcast. And considering that it's more than two minutes shorter than the opening track of Come. (laughs) I had not made that connection, but yes. Yep. This one's worth finding for sure. All right, and then our last song. Say it's not so. (laughs) Just for this episode. All right, well, you're the only one here who took French, so good luck. Chatonette Control. Which literally means little kitten control? Yes. Yes. That must Um. be a hard thing to do. (laughs) Yes, because they're not very controllable. No. Other than the fact that they're small and you can put them in a small room or a... A box. <laughs> I was going to say a pet carrier, but a box would probably work. Like Cats would like boxes. A cardboard box with holes so they can breathe. So you scratch on the outside and they have fun. Okay. Uh, a fun box, not, uh-huh. a, not a mean box. Uh-huh. So this appeared on the Versace Experience yes. cassette, which was reissued as part of Record Store Day 2019. Yes. Which is still floating around out there. If you, well, Unfortunately, it's only available on cassette. Uh-huh. 
which I, I don't know why they would. Why not reissue the cassette? That's great. Reissue it in that format. Give your, give your audience a code to go and download MP3s or audio files. Yeah, right? that's something we can actually use. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> that's not our job, though. No, Although it it's should not. be. <laughs> it is not. Uh, this, to me, was basically a French mashup with model introductions. That's something that you would hear at, at a Versace show as yep. Kate Moss and... These other models are walking uh-huh. down the runway being Yeah, it's introduced. models, designers, magazines, all yes. those things. There are a few lyrics. They're all in French. There are spoken word parts, I guess you could say. Um, it also starts with a woman saying, I'm the boy now. Yeah. I'm the boy now. I'm the boy now. I'm the boy now. Which, I don't know, is that like a like woman I'm the, taking control? I think I'm, so. I'm now the man. Yeah. You're going to listen to me kind of thing. Yes. That was my interpretation of that. I agree. That's a lot of agreeing for one episode. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, now we've come to the point where we make our selections. Let's see if we agree on some of those. All right. So here are the things that we choose. Here on the Mountains in the Sea, we choose a time capsule, something that encapsulates the time period either which the material was recorded or when it was released. The choice is up to the selector host of that particular item Mm -hmm. we choose a c not that it's bad it's just the low point of the music that we're covering for that episode for us if it's your favorite sorry we're sorry let us know yeah do let us know and then the mountain the high point for us so all right go it's your show (laughs) the time capsule for me uh-huh. Was the P Control House Mix? Oh. Just because it had so much of that kind of club sounds in it. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Um, for me, the undisputed time capsule for this episode is the most beautiful girl in the world single version. It was the song that everybody knew and kind of still knows was a Prince slash artist formerly known as Prince song. So that single version from the beautiful experience, a maxi single, the very last track to me is the time capsule from this era. And it's also the version I wish had been on the gold experience because I prefer it a little bit more. Yeah. Fair. All right. The C. All the scorekeeping, the the, uh, protesting so much about how much he dislikes her, Uh the distasteful sentiments. Yes. I hate you extended remix is something I hope I will never listen to again. Well, guess what? We're going to agree completely <laughs> oh, there. Oh, good. Um, the, so this is sort of, a, it's a hard thing to do on our episodes like this where we have a couple maxi singles and a few other songs because so much of the music is the same song. Right. And that's what we have here. But I, I was the same way. If I had to narrow it down to a track that I'll listen to the least moving forward, it'll be the I Hate You extended remix. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me the Quiet Night mix over uh-huh. that. Oh. Give me the... Seven inch edit over all of them. Yeah. And I'll probably end up on the album version just because I love the gold experience so much and I refuse to skip a song on it. So I will still listen to the album version quite a lot, but I don't foresee myself coming back to the extended remix ever. Unless it just shows up on shuffle sometime. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's never going to show up on my shuffle. So. Because you're going to make sure of it? Yep. All right. Fair enough. All right. And then the mountain. I'm repeating myself, the P-Control house mix. What? 
You can do a time capsule and a mountain that are the same. Your mountain can be a time capsule? Yeah. How are you going to bury a mountain and dig it up later? I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> That's uh, a good question. You could do whatever you want. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I just, I really, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It was super fun. The house mix. Yes. Um, I liked the additional lyrics that uh-huh. were there. The I thought it was, it was just really fun. It leaves out the second verse about the whole rapper. Mm-hmm. And... Which I was like, "Who's that third verse? One of the verses, the one where he talks about the rapper, where he, where the musician, where he wants her to sing a lick on his hit. Uh-huh. Yeah, it leaves out that one too. So yeah. it has the really great first verse, which I love mm-hmm. so much, and then all these other fun lyrics. That's my mountain. Yes, I think um, we should start opening our podcast with the first verse from P Control, the first lyric from it." <laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-huh. We'll have to beep out part of that, yeah, boys. Okay. And I don't want to do any beeping. No, me either. Okay, my mountain is not that. Um, okay, what is your mountain? I had forgotten how much I love sexy saxophone and guitar yeah. and that non-distorted electrical guitar solo by Prince toward the latter half of that song. Uh-huh. It builds up to it and then you get it. You're like, where's the guitar in this? And then you it completely uh-huh. pays off. Yep. I love that portion of that song so much um, that that entire little part of the suite is um, my favorite part of everything we, we listen to in this awesome. whole episode. Although, I have to say... Rock and Roll's Alive is a tremendously good B-side. Yes. Um, and it would probably be my second choice had this um, little part of the suite and that little musical moment not been in there. I probably would have picked it. But I'm giving it up for sexy saxophone and guitar. Super cool. Super cool. All right. So we've reached the end. Now we're going to tell you what we're going to talk about next time so yes. that you can brush up mm-hmm. and be ready our gold experience continues in the next episode we've got videos performances and some unreleased tracks we're going to take a look at as far as videos gold we've got dolphin gold and i hate you as videos we have parents on david letterman um then Uh we've got early versions of endorphin machine shy billy jack bitch and gold that we're gonna take look at um actually billy jack bitch is a longer version that's got more horns in it that we've mentioned before and then the most criminally unreleased studio recording from this era days of wild yeah we're gonna take a look at that yeah awesome that sounds great well thanks so much for spending your time with us we know we don't just come on the radio you make a choice to listen to us and we so appreciate it we hope that you will join us in a couple weeks for all that ancillary material and until then uh happy purple listening my friends good evening ladies and gentlemen